Okay, so we're going to talk about boost posts. Mm. Uh, you obviously come to my training and mm. you have uh, been doing Facebook ads for a while now, either mm. hiring other people to do it yep. or you either do it yourself. Correct. And I don't know about you, like, I'm in a digital marketing industry. There are a lot of agencies, advertising, web design agencies that do Facebook ads as well. So I want to talk about Facebook ads because that's our specialty, obviously. Yep. And one of the issues that I have is many of these agencies, what they do with a lot of their clients is, I'm going to help you with Facebook ads, and they ended up doing just boost posts, which we know boost mm. posts, the whole entire idea is just all about posting something on Facebook page and then just letting more people see it. Mm. What's your thought on this? Oh, um, I start off my business with the whole content of like, I do well in my projects and what, but I suck in the marketing part. So the first thing to do, hire people to do marketing for me. And one of the agencies will be to focus on marketing on Facebook. And when we go to people that focus on marketing on Facebook, their number one thing is they're going to get us results. And their term of results is very different from us as the business person because our result means getting money in the door, getting money in the bank. But for them, their definition of result mostly is on the likes, the amount of people watching it, and that's for them is done deal. So we invest money, they market, and then by the end of the day, they show us that they get results by a lot of likes, a lot of people seeing the particular ad. But for us, there's not much results in the sales part. And then for us, we were burning money every month paying for people like this. But we as the business person, we do not know what is the problem here. And in a way, we think that we're the problem. Our business is the problem, our offer is the problem, uh, the customer is the problem. But then when I came to your program, and then you opened up my eyes to the differences of Facebook marketing, and then I realized, asking my marketing people, that they are doing boost posts, which is the biggest sin in any form of effective marketing when it comes to wanting to get paid results. I'm going to stop you right there. So why, why do you think so many advertising agencies mm. out there, they do boost posts? Like, surely they know how to do normal marketing. Mm. Surely they know how to do normal Facebook marketing. Why do you think they do boost posts when it's obvious that it's not going to get the business sales? Mm. It's the easiest thing to prove that they are doing some work with the least amount of work. And for our case, is their excuse is we are the ones that have bad offer, we are the one that has a lousy product, but by and then they've done their job. So in a way, boost post, when I was experimenting, boost post definitely is the easiest thing to do because the proper way of doing Facebook marketing when you focus on campaigns and so on and so forth, like traffic and all that, it really takes a lot of uh, brain power. You really need to think, not just from the business perspective, but also from the customer's perspective. It's crazy. Do you think the reason why they're doing this is mm -hmm. because, number one, they start out with a campaign knowing that it's going to fail with the negativity mentality where they feel like, oh, it's not going to work, so I might as well just get some sort of visible results. Or do you think they're doing this because they are not actually doing it? I mean, the bosses or the managers are not actually doing the ads. They are delegating it to some intern mm. or some people that are brand new and the only mm. thing they know how to do is click that boost post button. Yeah, I agree because I think um, a lot of people, they want results but they don't necessarily know how. And those that do know how, if they're lazy, and they pass it to someone else, that someone else can't do that kind of results. And I think the reality is this, a lot of people, they, they may have an idea about it, but I believe the confidence like you mentioned, they don't have a confidence, they are going in not to win, they're playing not to lose, hence they're just playing on the defensive. And on the other side, is they don't have the confidence to actually challenge themselves to do something that's original and new. Well, from my experience, Running Facebook ads is not that difficult. Mm -hmm. We're talking about following step-by-step -step format that Facebook has done for you. Mm -hmm. uh, the only reason why I feel like people resort to boost posts, like if you're a business owner, you're busy with so much mm -hmm. things to do, I get that. Uh, you see boost posts, that's why you did it and mm -hmm. you don't understand how it works, that's mm -hmm. fine, I get that. But 
you are right. Like I, I think it is a sin for agency to do boost posts for their clients. Well, unless the client asks for it. Mm. But I think majority of the times, clients don't ask for boost posts, mm. right? So, in this case, I believe that in order for business owners to see result, I believe they need to run their own ads at least one time before they outsource it to other people. And my thinking is because there is nobody that know how to sell their own products and service better than a business owner themselves. Mm. And I'm not asking business owners to come to my program or mm. learn Facebook. They can learn online. Facebook ads is one of those things where you can go on YouTube, yeah. you learn from scratch. Like for me, when I got started on my journey, I built my first blog using mm. PHP programming. It was complicated and I didn't learn anything about PHP programming. Mm. What I did was I went on YouTube, I searched for a video on how to install WordPress. Now back then, WordPress is not one button install. Yeah, yeah. Right now, it's one button install, but back then, cPanel was still very new. Mm. What we did was that we had to do a lot of database PHP transfers and stuff like that, mm. which until now, I have no idea what I did. But what I did was that I went on YouTube, I searched for a video, yep. I figured out how to do it myself. I built mm. my first blog within a couple of months. Mm. Uh, I think Facebook is the same thing. It's one of those things where if you want to learn how to do Facebook effectively, all the answers are on YouTube, but the strategies are something that you cannot learn from YouTube. Mm. And the ability to sell your own products, because your product obviously is unique. Let's say you yeah. have a tire shop here in Kuala Lumpur. Mm -hmm. uh, selling tire shop in, you know, having a tire shop in New York City and having a tire shop in Kuala Lumpur is two totally different things. Yep. So, and, and, and the demographic is different, the customers are different, the client base is different. And because of that, um, that is the part that is important. It's not how to use the Facebook ads. It's more towards like, what angle should we use Facebook ads to target the particular the targeted strategy. customer? Exactly, yeah. The strategy is very, very important. And I think a lot of these agencies, don't get me wrong, I, there are some good ones, mm. okay? But there are some that just genuinely in it for the profit of themselves. And they're thinking too short term, they're not in a way that, oh, I want to stay with this client for 10 years. Mm. They're thinking about how can I milk the client first. What can I extract now? Right. And then, see what happens next. Right, so it's all about like short-term profits mm -hmm. for them and I, I think that's just a little bit unfair to the client. But I okay. think, do you, do you think like some, this, I might be too opinionated here because mm -hmm. I feel like the blame also need to be lied on to the business owner themselves. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're just trying to outsource. Here you go, this is my company, go do something with it and bring sales in. I mean, let me go back to, to what you mentioned just very much earlier. You mentioned about uh, Facebook is actually a very easy thing to do, which is right and no, yes and no at the same time, let's see from whose perspective. Right. Like from your perspective, you have experience to kind of like play around because for one thing is you took the initiative and the responsibility to be holding up that, mm. that part. Commitment, that's for the thing. That's yeah. a very big word. Mm. For, for me, when I started up my business, the whole point at that point of time, I was, mindset is I want to serve the people that I want to serve. I want to run my programs. I want to, I want to deliver the results that I want. Mm. And at that point of time, I was focusing all my energy, effort, and, and resources on my delivery. Right. Hence, I never put in the energy and effort on the business marketing side. Well, that's because you're a business owner. You have a lot of parts that you need to worry about. Taxes, okay. accounting, right? And a human resource. So much okay. stuff to worry about. Uh, but which is why I think maybe a lot of these agencies they need to see themselves sort of like uh, what I call a consultant mm. right but I believe that the doctors for business essentially mm. they go in they need to diagnose the business first, mm. understand the business first I just feel like there's so much agencies out there they don't really try to understand the business oh for sure yeah they say yeah, steamboat restaurant steamboat exactly. restaurant yeah, right the only thing is just to copy and paste whatever that they currently right. have and then just put it in everyone else but like you mentioned just now as a business owner one of the things that, that we went through as a problem is you did ask us to kind of go and experiment and do it as a business owner experiment. And the whole point of like the marketing expense, the digital part, the, the, the components, even though it is easy for someone that have done it, but for someone that have not done it, it feels quite daunting. So mm. for us, we will always take the 
we'll either experiment only doing the easy stuff or we'll kind of like, you know, pay someone else to do it. And when we experiment, that's where we fall into the trap of Facebook post posts. Right. Because the access for us to pay money to get Facebook to help us post whatever we want is on post posts. But right. what we don't realize as business owners that I got to learn through the hard way is Facebook will let you use boost posts and put it in front of people that will not buy your stuff. Mm. It is human beings, but these are people that won't buy. Right. So they gave us the misunderstanding of what we can do on Facebook. Right. And then on the other side, when we start doing research on YouTube, we go and study up about how to do Facebook ads, the, we start to get the idea, but the problem is, like you mentioned just now, the, the magic sauce. Mm-hmm. that a lot of business are lacking is the strategies that suit that particular business for that demographic. Right. So that's super important. A lot of people, they might know the technical which button to press to launch the ad, which mm-hmm. button to put in the photos, but the biggest problem is the strategy, the funnel. Right. And, and I think that's the reason why people should get invested on the education part. Right. Even if you're not doing the work, as a business owner, it's a responsibility of doing the funnel. Where is your customer coming from and how are they going to end up paying you? I've actually got some business owner students and clients that came to our program yeah. and what they do is that they're not planning to do the thing they're not planning to run the thing they've oh. got a team to do it six or seven people in the company that do it but the thing is it's been years they haven't gotten any social media results oh, wow. so they came to the class just to learn how to build a funnel because most people think oh the moment I post an ad on social media, all my problems are gone, right? It doesn't work like that in a business, obviously, right? Because you've got to bring them over to your website and what they do on your website or what they do on your landing page or what they do on your funnels uh, is really, really important. Most people ignore that part. They just think that automatically when I click on your ad, they're already interested. I wish it's like that, right? Here's the thing. The, the analogy is very simple. It's like dating a woman or going out with a woman or seeing a woman that you like, yeah, yeah. right? Let's say you've got five women that you think are oh, pretty attractive, mm. right? Let's say you ask for, ask them for, for their numbers mm-hmm. and five of them give, give you their numbers. Mm. But not all of them are you going to end up marrying. Well, sure. my, my point is that, you know, what you do on the funnel is really, really important. Essentially, how are you going to be able to turn them in from prospect into customers? That mm. part is really important. Mm. Too many people ignore that. The job of an ad is to get some interest, is to get people to click. That's it. The rest, the funnel does the job. And most people don't even have a funnel. Most people don't even build a funnel. And when they hear a website, they say it's too expensive. How is that expensive? Today, you can build a website for a few hundred dollars a month. You don't need to hire a webmaster to sit in your office for a few thousand. I don't know, right, remember right. back in the days, yeah. you need to hire someone called webmaster and that person sits in the office, they, they get paid, I don't know how much, but pretty decent Just amount. Just to take care of a website. Correct. Just to look after the website to make sure it's, it's up and running. Right. Today, there are software, free ones out there that help you with website, helps you with funnels, and then you can learn and how to do it. Mm. I just don't get it. I think business owners today... It's funny. It's funny. People yeah. would rather spend hundreds and thousands of dollars opening a storefront, a shop, a, a place or venue where they have to hire more people to put in mm. rather than a website or a funnel to actually be able to drive the traffic that they actually want. Do you think this is a mindset problem? Uh, I believe so because a lot of people still believe flyers work. They still believe that if I print out a nice, beautiful flyer and then I pay someone to send it out, it will give me results. Well, it kind of work, work to annoy people, now, <laughs> right? Tissue paper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could you could be using the, it to write something, you know. But yeah, you're right. I, I for me, my thought is that most people are not educated in terms of business growth. That's one. Mm. I feel another one is business growth is, is in general. Every every century will have that issue of Correct. business growth. Correct. The issue about right now is people have been burned with the strategies of marketing. Mm. 
Because like you mentioned just now, so many companies out there that are doing, uh, how you say, uh, solutions on Facebook marketing, yeah. they're doing boost posts, yeah. not getting results. Hence, it gives the whole idea of social media marketing a bad rap. Mm -hmm. And there's too many bad apples that are flooding the market that's causing a very negative implementation here. Mm -hmm. Which is good for us as a business owner because as we are making use of social media marketing, we are getting the results easier yes, yes. than other people. Yes. Like in the US, people are so happy with social media marketing that they are taking fruits every single day mm -hmm. because everyone sees the positive and they are taking action effectively. Right. But in Asia, not so because so many people are spoiling the market. Mm -hmm. And Boost Post is a good start. But it's not the solution. It's like right. eating paracetamol is good for you to maybe get a headache out of it one day. Right. But it doesn't solve a cancer problem. Well, here's the problem. Boost Post doesn't even give you that effect for one day. <laughs> it doesn't even solve your problem for one day. It, I think Boost Post is just one of those things where you do just to... It's kind of like preschool before you go to school. Yeah. It's just like yeah. warm you up before you go to school. It's yeah. sort of like a warm-up. Uh, just to let you know that hey Facebook can get you more eyeballs than you think. But that's it. That's basically it. Mm. Eyeballs don't mean sales. Okay. Mm. Here's the thing, I want to move on to the next topic, which is really important. Mm. Uh, in Malaysia, yeah. there is a trend happening. This is a funny trend on Facebook, where business owners who sold products or selling products, mm. they will hire uh, these types of uh, sellers on Facebook, and then okay. they'll go live, and yeah. they'll sell through live videos. And it's really annoying because yes. there are a lot of people that are sharing these live videos uh, everywhere on every Facebook groups mm. and every profile. It's, it's getting to the point where it's insane. Mm. Uh, and quite a number of business owners, especially in the Chinese markets, are coming to me and say, Desmond, I've got a product to sell. Mm. Uh, I've seen people sell stuff like this, selling really good online, on mm. live. Should I do it? What do you think about this kind of selling? Well, it's crazy. Uh, let me s speak from a different perspective. As a person that is watching it, uh, whenever that comes up, I straight away get irritated, I get annoyed, mm. to the point that I don't even want to open Facebook anymore. Do you actually watch those live videos? giving me two seconds or two minutes, some of them that are entertaining, I don't mind, but most of them are not. I'll say 99% of them are not. Hence, yep. I just scroll out of it. Right. Uh, but they're but just selling. There's no content exactly. given. There's no values. But the feel is it's like a pasamalam in internet. It's like a like wet market, market right? yeah. uh, in, on the internet. Right. And, and it's irritating because yep. by the end of the day, right, um, I don't trust them. Right. And then from the funny thing is, I, I did a bit of research because I am interested how on earth this particular strategy is getting that kind of results that they're claiming to give. Mm. And then um, there is a research done in Singapore because Singapore is considered one of the highest group of people that are buying unnecessary stuff online wow. on Facebook. Wow. And there's this newscaster that did an experiment like, why are there people selling so much stuff on uh, live feeds? Yep. And they discover most of them are not legit. Most of them, somehow, they have phantom bidders within the particular live chat to just drive up prices, to drive up things, to drive the traffic. Mm -hmm. And by the end of the day, most of the trades that actually happen, people buy not because of the product, not because of the offer, but because of the fact that they are playing the game of see who wins the best bet. Mm. And most of the time, they, they buy with the intention of getting below market value, and it's like a great deal. Right. But at the end of the day, that's not the case. Mm. And they will get screwed up by products that are sent to them. And the great thing is, almost half of the products that are sold on Facebook at that model of why is it so cheap is because those are return goods from Amazon and eBay. Also, those are terrible, probably broken products too. Exactly. Yeah. So you live with that risk. Mm. A lot of people suffer. But you know what's the funny thing? When people get conned this way, they don't complain. 
the reason why is because if they do complain, they look like an ass. Mm. They make themselves look so bad that they're so stupid to be able to do this. And hence, right. they would rather keep quiet than anything else. Mm. And we are talking about Singaporeans here. Mm. They are very famous for complaining. Right. But when it comes to this particular case, they keep quiet. Right, right. Mm. So I just feel like there's a lot of uh, business owners that are looking into ways to... Because in China, this is actually a huge trend. Mm. In, uh, trend. in China, what's going on is uh, if you have a boutique store, if you're like a like a fashion designer or if you have a company that makes clothes, what they do is that they will hire uh, influencers or really just really in general attractive people yep. to go on this live and on, on their platform. I'm not, I'm not sure what platform they go on but some Chinese platform yep. and they will just sell from live videos and that culture works in China and now they are bringing it over to Malaysia but that platform is not in Malaysia so mm. a lot of people are using Facebook because of that mm. and from what I understand the way they get viewers through the live videos is purely saying something along the line where if you share a video you get like lucky draw or something like that like uh, if you share yeah. you've got like 20 shares then you've yeah. got like 20 tickets to win uh, something yeah it's kind of like just sharing and just spamming Facebook I just think that it devalues Facebook so many people has come up to me and said Desmond should I consider the live video strategy mm. is it sustainable obviously it's not sustainable because yeah, yeah. in any way of spamming it's not sustainable right so my thinking is that this is something that I think Facebook is going to nerf, nerf us, and they're going to weaken it, and they're going to show as much. So there's no point mm. actually doing this in the first place. Mm. Plus, I think it just kind of cheapens your brand. Mm. I feel like uh, a, a reputable brand mm. will not do this. Like, if, imagine if someone is selling a Rolex on a live video like that. Mm. First thought that come into mind, this is a fake Rolex. Even if it's a real, I'll think that it's You're fake, right? Because right? okay. the way they're selling it. Just in case for those of you who, are, who do not know what they sound like, they say something along the line or something like, "Hey, hey, bye now. We got." Three left. That's five more minutes, and then there's a countdown timer. They'll yeah. take out a clock, and then they'll say five more minutes before you buy. We got five left. Now we got four left. We got three left, and just the buy is all purely based on scarcity and urgency. Yeah. So when you do that, in my opinion, uh, and from my experience of doing sales, it creates a lot of bias remorse. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right because people don't want to be considered stupid. They don't mm-hmm. want to be. Con- they don't want to be looked down at yeah. for making this decision to buy. So many times they will just shut up and not do anything. Okay, I, I think this is a new trend in Facebook. I think this is, needs to be discussed. But talking about new trend, I want to talk about something crazy about Facebook. A lot, which is to start a business on Facebook. Okay, mm. earlier we talked about boost posts. Business owners, what they are doing is that they uh, they are being basically in the nicest way of saying this. They're being ripped off by agencies for <laughs> with agencies that do boost posts for them. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the things is that I feel like it's a fantastic time to start some sort of social media business if if you know how to do social media marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a friend, and what he does is purely just helping businesses posting photos, posting videos, promotional videos and promotional photos mm-hmm. on Facebook. That's it. Not even ad. Not even paid ads. Just Not posting. even paid ads. And they'll okay. go into the business, they'll film the entire thing with the phone because the guy at the time couldn't afford a nice camera, couldn't afford a new setup. Right, and they will just do everything, and they put so much effort into caring about the business so far that the business has been with them for over twenty four months. Mm. So, and he, and he's billing them about thousand five a month, which is not a lot of money. Mm. But you take twenty four times one point five k per mm. month. Mm. That's significant, and that's just one client, right? And because of that, now they are able to sell even more services because there's a trust being built, yes, right. right? And now they are, now they are upselling things such as uh, ad services, and he's building additional two thousand to three thousand on top of that, and and, and they're selling the coupon. So the, the basically the whole idea is that they're they're selling these coupons online, okay. sort of like uh, they're giving away free coupon like twenty ringgit off if you okay. come and if you sign up. Uh, they're getting hundreds of registration every week wow. for to this particular restaurant, mm-hmm. and uh, out of these hundreds of res- uh, people, obviously not everyone is going to show up. We 
we know wow. how people are. But uh, about 10%, 20% to show up. And at the end of the day, they did a PNL and did a calculation. They're actually profitable. And the best wow. part is they're calculating it based on just one-time customer, which means uh, they're not calculating what if the customer returns. Wow. Right okay. and spend yeah. even more money because there will be clean profit already. Yeah, but the campaign is profitable and everyone it's a win-win situation. And because he's, he care enough to go into the business and really understand what's the best seller, understand what's a high margin, understand where the money is, understand how, how the business sells and what how, what's the profit center. I call it essentially where the profit is being made because not all restaurants make money by selling food. Some mm. restaurants make money in other ways, mm. right? So that's quite interesting because I'm sorry to pause you there, but yeah. the thing is this: F&B market in today's market is not yeah. an easy market. Oh, absolutely, it's I not mean, easy. Like, even if they put a lot of effort on social media, but just plain right. social media, even though with the hype, there is no guarantee that they will be profitable. Correct. It's Correct. a very scary game, and the fact that they can actually make money by being effective—that's amazing. So there must be a few secret things yeah. that this guy is doing that's attracting the people to come in. Right. So what what do you think those are? So one of the things that they were doing is that they were purely focused on their signature uh, products or mm-hmm. signature food mm-hmm. or their signature entree. And those signature entree apparently has a highest margin. Ah. Uh, but they hype it up so much on social media that people only want to go to that particular restaurant to eat the entree, the signature mm-hmm. entree, which produced the highest margin. And they have no intention to promote anything else. And people go there, don't eat, don't eat anything else. I don't know about you, but most of the F&B or food and beverage uh, businesses that are very successful, many times... They are famous for one thing. Correct. Okay. They are Correct. not famous for a dozen things, yeah. right? And this business is the same. Even though they have a dozen other entrees, one of the entrees is the one that sells well, and one of the entrees is the one that has the highest profit margin. Mm. And this business purely focuses on bringing people there. Mm. Now, when you bring so much food traffic to a particular restaurant, let's say this is your first restaurant that you open up, yeah. uh, what you could actually do is that it opens an opportunity for you to be able to sell franchise license. Mm. Mm. And that's where the real money is being made. I see. Right. So in other words, if I were to break this down, the number one thing is being super focused. Correct. Because I, I believe, right, if you look into the business of successful businesses or F&B, yep. majority of the successful ones, they only focus on a few dishes as compared to a million and one dishes Correct. at normal stores. And the pattern, if you see, there's a lot of varieties on their menu, that business is in risk. Correct. It's a pattern that we noticed so far Correct. in the last few years looking at F&B. Yep. And then on the second part is the objective is not just to run the restaurant as a mom and pop store, is to build this brand to build mm-hmm. its uh, customer base to the point that you sell a license or a franchise of the business. That's a very smart move. F&B business is one of those businesses where, surprisingly, mm-hmm. especially here in Malaysia, I think mm-hmm. in Singapore too, it actually moves faster than technology company. Oh. Right? You, you know there's the trends, right? Yeah, With, yeah. I don't know about you, but uh, back then there was this trend where bubble tea is all the craze. Yeah. Yeah. Right, and uh, every commercial area you get like over 10 bubble tea stores yeah, and then like yeah and then they have uh, uh, I, I think Malaysia kind of missed this but in America there was this trend where people were just eating frozen yogurt all the time yeah, yeah, right yeah. and now we have a steamboat craze a hot pot <laughs> craze like right. there's like five to ten hot pot stores being open every single day. The key is not so much to be sustainable in this business, even mm. though it should be, but there are some businesses, especially traditional ones that mm. do that. Uh, the key is more towards growing it so quick, getting the hyped up so quick, and being able to franchise it. Franchise is obviously a sort of exit, or I call it a partial exit. Mm. Um, being able to exit so fast, being able to you know sell your license, being able to be the person that uh, forces your franchisee to buy equipment from you, buy materials from you, buy ingredients from you. That's where the real money is. Okay. It's not so much about selling because F&B right now, even though the gross margin can be high, but the net margin is always very, very low, which means it's a very risky business for most people and 
that's why most people, my recommendation if you want to start a business is mm. to stay away from F&B unless you're very well-versed in that, you know, the business, you know what people want, and more importantly, you know how to run this because it's difficult to run an F&B business. Mm. Right? I've known so many friends who lost their belt because they got into F&B business and they never wanted to go in F&B again. But I'm not saying don't go in there. I'm saying that, I mean... You really know what, you need to know yeah. what you do. Okay. Unless you know what, what you're doing, yeah, because most people, they just follow the passion too much. Mm. Now, I, I believe in following the passion, mm. right? But if you're one of those people that say, oh, I love drinking coffee, I should open a coffee shop. <laughs> Man, that's so when you're screwed. That, that is the case for so many people that open right. coffee shops and baristas around, right. and, and they die. They die because the cost is so high. Yes. Um, the, the, and Facebook the, can't save them because yes. the margin cannot cover. Yes, yes. Right? Facebook is not, it's not a magical god pill that... That fix yeah. everything. It's yeah. not something that cures cancer. You mentioned yeah. quite a lot. Yeah. And, and this is the you were talking about how people can actually start a business doing consulting on social media, right? Helping businesses like F and B. Yes. Okay. What else can you do? You can do a lot. Every, in my opinion, most businesses, unless you're doing illegal businesses, most mm. businesses can be promoted on social media. Mm. And what you do is that you go up there, mm. you, you find a business client or business owner that is actually in need of marketing and sales or maybe hiring or just branding in general. And a lot of them would actually be open to hiring you and in exchange, they'll actually pay you money for it. Mm. So that's something that I think a lot of people need to consider. But a lot of people don't consider this is because I think Malaysia is still in a mentality where in order for them to understand what e-commerce is, you might, they, their thinking is that I have to sell some sort of physical products online. Ah. So when I, when, because I do seminars, I do events, yeah. I yeah. do live events where people come and learn more about online business and yeah. many times people think that what I'm going to teach them is selling t-shirts or selling cups or selling earrings online, which, which is possible, but again, it the margin, right? It's, it comes back to the, the, the problem here is people have this belief that to run a business means I have to exchange a physical stuff yeah, for the money. Yeah. And, and that's the problem here because our parents are not business people, but we learn business from them. Yeah, that's, that's the... And then yeah. when it comes to the point where we take our sweat, tears, and hard-earned money to put into right. the world of business and start to do it because we want to take care of our families and do the things that we want to do, yes. we screw up. Mm. So this is, this is something funny because people that want to do business, they do it because they have the passion, but they don't yes. have the know-how, like real experience. Yes. And, and I noticed that I've been lucky enough to get to meet with some entrepreneurs, but I also get very lucky to meet with some uh, consultants that they share truth that might be painful for me for a business owner, but it changes how I run my business. So do you think like, people that become consultants, it's not just that they're helping with the marketing, but also opening the eyes of the business to actually be successful? Yeah, absolutely. I think... Well, I believe that every business needs to hire a consultant because many business owners that I've dealt with or work with or manage with, um, they think too micro in a way that they think too small or they think too much within their business. And, and I don't blame them. Like when you're working in an environment where you're always seeing your colleagues and you're going to the office, yeah. it's hard to grow the business through external means and so you're just so focused on internal. So a lot of time, you are surrounded by things that you usually work with and I don't blame them as well. So I think it's really important to hire a consultant. Mm. Uh, and a lot more businesses realize this. So a lot more businesses are actually very open to hiring a consultant because of that reason. There's so much more benefit because someone can come in here and say, hey, listen, you shouldn't have spent money on this. You shouldn't have hired this person. You shouldn't have you know, invested in this. Or you should have done this. You should have done that. It would have been able to give so much more benefit to the particular business. I think if you're a business owner listening to this, think about where is the weak point in your business? Mm. Okay, and then go and hire someone, a consultant who specializes in that particular weak point. 
Mm. Okay, mm. And, and you don't fix the problem. You get the consultant to tell you how to fix the problem and you just listen. Mm. My problem is that most business owners are too stubborn. They are in a way that they, 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 are, they are coachability index, I call it. Essentially, mm. how coachable you are is very important. Most business owners think that, oh, I'm rich, I have a business, hence, Whatever I do is right. Yeah, whatever I do is right. And, and, and that's horrible. Like, your coachability index is so low. Because of that, it's impossible for people to help you. It's, and the only person that can help the business is yourself, but you yourself are doing it the wrong way. And you're going to keep dragging the business down. And that's not a good way. So one of the things that I hope a lot of business owners who are listening to this is to enlarge or be, and you know, put in more effort into making yourself more coachable. Mm. Essentially, when people say, hey, you know, you should do this, you listen you gauge whether it's yes or no, but you are open-minded. I think very that's important. a very powerful tool and something that reminds me of something where um, knowledge is power, they say. Yeah. But I feel that's not really true because using knowledge is power Correct. more than anything else. So how about, why not you give us like maybe a few tips and pointers, right? Like Because I've been burned by going to consultants. Right. Some consultants are not really in your best of interest. Of course. So how can I determine whether this particular consultant is going to be the one that helps me rather than ruin me? So okay. what are a few things that maybe I can do as a business owner that helps me build my ability to be coached and at the same time, find the right kind of consultant. Okay, so when you're interviewing the particular consultant, it's very important for you to, uh, number one, have this third eye to be able to feel whether this person genuinely care about the result or genuinely care about the, the business. Yeah. Or is this person just trying to close you? Yeah. There's two types of consultant normally. One is one person that want to understand more. Hey, tell me more information. Give me the numbers. Mm. right? And I not like that kind of people. The people that come in and say, hey, uh, I want to know what's your gross margin on every single product that you're selling so I know whether I can cover the cost. Is it possible? That Those are the people that I'm looking for to hire. Mm. But they are the second type of consultants where they say yes to everything. Can you do this? Yes. right? And they're just telling you, yes, I can do this or I can try. That's the Worse, if any consultant ever say, I can try, that's horrible. Wow. Because I don't want them to risk trying something on my business. Mm -hmm. That's when there's going to be arguments and mm -hmm. there'll be conflicts, right? We don't want that. Now, number two, what I like is I like to implement some sort of uh, performance-based mm -hmm. uh, scenario. Mm -hmm. Either they do, let's say, pay per lead, uh, we only pay them uh, by the number of lead they generate, or we only pay them by the number of customers they get, or even better, if we can, uh, we want to do some sort of, this is something that I learned hiring lawyers, okay. right? In the past, we hire lawyers to litigate and do a lot of things. And one of the things we realized is that we're paying too much upfront to a failing lawyer. Oh. So one of the things that we learned is something called success fee. Turns out with lawyers, what we could do is that we can only pay when they successfully win a case, then we, get, we pay them. But if they don't win, we have to pay something called a discounted fee. A discounted fee is basically less than what they're asking for. So for example, let's say you hire a consultant for 10000 uh, ringgit a month mm. Okay Just to make it simple okay. Right You can arrange it like this Okay If you hit our Key performance indicator You hit our goal Sure We'll pay you 10,000 ringgit a month mm. But if you don't You will bill us Only 3,000 ringgit a month mm. So now This consultant Is motivated To get you the result Because they want The 7,000 ringgit Additional Right So that's called Success fee Versus discounted fee mm. and, and a lot of people Don't think like that A lot of people Just pay whatever The consultant is asking for Because most people Are too lazy To, to, to you know, go through The whole entire filter thing So the, this filter Is really important So two things Number one Making sure that They actually care And ask the right question right. If they're asking you Things such as oh, you know, How many consultants Have you hired in the past I mean, those can be good questions, but they should be asking you such as, what's your margin? So it's useful questions. Correct. Useful questions is like really down to the nitty-gritty. It's like, okay, how much does your details yeah. make? How much can I... Correct. Uh, can this afford advertisement? Yes. So in other words, he's really thinking from your perspective. Literally, it's like this consultant is part of your business, 
Yeah. Rather than anything else. Yes. And then the second one, as I say, discounted fees, success fee. Yeah. Only pay them a premium when they hit the key performance indicator. You want to keep them motivated. Mm-hmm. And then more, more importantly, if they don't hit the uh, key performance indicator, you've yeah. got to pay them a much lower fee. Like For them, it feels stupid if they don't try hard. Mm-hmm. Right? You want them to try hard. I noticed a pattern here. The question that you gave is to indicate if this person, this consultant, yeah. it's going to be someone you pay salary to like a staff, Mm. or it's someone that you're going to be a business partner with. Right. So it sounds like a very big difference here. When you hire a consultant, really, you want to look for, I mean, the best way possible to explain, more like a business partner. Yeah. Because you want someone to have skin in the game, yeah. right? And this is the closest way to get people to have skin in the game. Mm. Uh, if you hire someone that just say, oh, I just want a stable, two, three thousand, four thousand, 4,000, fuck, this person should come and work for me, <laughs> right? Because there's no benefit for, for me to hire someone who just want the same exact retainer pay mm. every month. Because there's no motivation factor for them, mm. right? But here's a problem. Living in Malaysia, I don't know if you encounter this problem, I call it we have a millennial crisis. Mm. I feel like a lot of young people today, especially people that are involved in social media work, like freelance work, yes. okay, they have no intention to grow. They have no intention to work in a company. They have no intention to do business the right way. So there's so many freelancers today and there's so many freelancers that pretend to be a social media consultant and this is messed up, let me tell you that. Because these freelancers, they do not know how to do business and they always misrepresent themselves. Mm. Right? They, I remember trying to hire one person, um, I'm not going to name this person, but this person told me I have like six, seven years of experience with wow. Facebook, okay. Instagram, Twitter, mm. LinkedIn. I'm like, wow, fantastic. Mm. Turns out this guy has five to six years of experience using Facebook, <laughs> like, a, like a Facebook profile posting and looking at news yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Man, like, I just can't believe this. this. So this millennial crisis is happening in a way that I feel like in Malaysia, I don't know if you feel the same because I know you work with, uh, I mean, almost millennials, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot more people, uh, millennial age group, they don't want to work hard. They are pursuing lifestyle. Um, they, they need to travel all the time. They need to go to the hipster coffee shops. They don't want to come to work on time. You know, what, what do you think about this millennial crisis, right? There's a research that's going around. People tend to always say the younger generation is suckier than last. Yeah. And, and you'd be surprised. Every trend or every generation has yeah. the same cycle. There is always a part where the younger ones suck and the older ones better. And it's not because that they are different. It is actually because at a certain age in an individual's life, the things that they value are very different. Okay. You are very unique because um, you were forced to be matured from a very right. young age. Mm. You, I would think uh, a wise person would say that you're uh, also in a young body. Mm. Whereas in a normal trend, a normal person, they are on a stage where their only thing that they are pa- how you say, passionate about is themselves. Mm. They are themselves and what their needs are. Mm. Um, usually we notice a pattern where when they reach a certain age, they become a parent, mm. they have other people's to feed, their sense of uh, security, the, the ability of how they value things changes. Right. And the sense of responsibility changes too. So in other words, yes, the whole term of how millennials are, are screwing things up is yes and no. Mm. The yes is the part where their experience in social media is taking photos and posting, yep. getting lots and lots of likes. Yes. And that in their mind is what they think is success in social media. But mm. from a business perspective, I don't care how many people like. By the end of the day, right, it's how many of those people that like that brings me money. Correct. Because by the end of the day, right, I can't take, like you will say this very famously, I can't take these likes and go to the bank and deposit it as money. Yeah. I can't feed my family with that. So mm-hmm. there's a missing 
gap here. And the problem is, it's not that they don't want to, they don't realise it. Mm -hmm. Like how some uh, people that are, are very senior and experienced in what they do, they find it hard to change because they think what they do is correct. It's okay. the same problem from the younger age as well. So just so different, different mentality. Different but mentality, but same problem. Right. So that's the problem here. Because right now, there is no uh, real figure that is, how you say, mark, I would say, drawing the line of saying this is the sucky way of doing it this is the right way of doing it sure. and those that are lucky enough to meet mentors like this uh, their life change right. but the problem is great mentors like this they are too busy with, with life in general that people don't know how to appreciate them mm -hmm. and, and that's a problem so in a way it's like I believe more people should actually start learning about the effective ways of running business, the strategies, right. listening to podcasts like this. Because by the end of the day, um, the reason of this podcast is not to bitch and complain about things, but also yeah. to fine-tune or peel into mm. the real problems and what is the real solution. Right. Because a lot of times people are just focusing on the symptoms, the, the surface level. And yes. even if they fix the surface level, the same shit will happen again, mm -hmm. again and again and again. Because the real root problem is not solved. Yeah. Mm. And from what you mentioned just now, it's very true. You started off with who's supposed to be sucky, and we're coming back to the cycle that boost post is sucky because the people that are running it, that are confident to run it, is people that know how to do boost post and yes. not real business. Yes. And people that need the business are not confident enough to explore doing it. So this partnership is going to fail. This partnership is going to be ending in divorce. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important, like you mentioned, get people to be well-educated, not just on knowing what buttons to, to type or to press, but also the strategies to care enough mm -hmm. to help partner with businesses to work together to make the business success. Because I'm right. a big believer where business is not just about making money. The money is part of the bonus of solving people's problems. Right. And a business, when you solve people's problems, you get paid well. Exactly. And that's where I believe it's a very important element that needs to be com combined. But the problem is not many people do that. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. an issue. Well, I hope today's discussion puts a lot of thoughts mm. in the listeners' mind. Mm. Uh, more importantly, we discussed some really significant issues here, especially with business or startup business in general, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Among millennials, among whoever you are, as long as you're starting a business and you're struggling with Facebook ads or struggling with sales, you know, the world is changing very, very rapidly. So what we're doing with this podcast is essentially we want to be able to give value for free, like absolutely for yeah, free, yeah. Uh, pick our brains essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and we want you to get as much benefit out of this as possible. So what we're going to do is make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Essentially, we want to make sure that you don't miss a single content. Obviously, it also help us to get motivated to produce uh, even better quality content for you guys. So make sure you subscribe. Uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Okay. All right. See you guys.